to the Reflecting Light Show. I am your host, April Rogers, and I am so glad that you are along for this ride because we have a great one today. We have Stephen Kersey. He is the student pastor at North Monroe Baptist Church and is a wealth of knowledge. And I'm just going to pick your brain for this whole entire time, if you're yeah, okay with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited that you're here, Stephen. Thank you for coming alongside me. Of course, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we have much to discuss because mm. you have been doing student ministry for a good long minute. Yeah, it and feels like it. <laughs> you have poured into my children mm -hmm. and you have um, just been a light in our lives. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about, you know, just the, the challenges that you see children facing um, day in and day out. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time on that. But first, let's just get to know you yeah, and absolutely. talk about your life and where you come from and you're newly married. <laughs> yes. there's, so there's a lot that we can dive into. Yeah, so I, of course you just gave the biggest new portion of my life yeah. away. Um, I guess it's been about eight months now. Uh, okay. I got married and I'm 31 years old, so okay. that's a little out yeah. of the norm yeah. for the Bible Belt. Um, and my wife is actually a little bit older than me. Um, we've known, we knew each other for like 10 years mm -hmm. uh, prior to, so it was easy to move into a even deeper friendship, into a relationship, right. into engagement, and then into marriage. Um, but apart from that, um, like you said, I've been full-time at North Monroe for seven years. Prior to that, I did camp ministry um, at the camp I got saved at, which we'll probably talk about soon. Yes. Um, I fans. like to work out. Um, I just told them that I slipped a disc recently in my back, so I uh, look a little stiff right now. It's because I'm trying not to move my low back. Yeah. Um, but other than that, my life really revolves around ministry mm -hmm. and now family, and it's been tricky to figure out that balance of sure. spending quality time with my wife, who's also extremely busy, yes. um, plus being able to spend quality time with student ministry and be able to rest, which yeah. is a very important part um, of, of ministry. ministry. But yeah, I'm a Absolutely. Northeast Louisiana boy, born and raised in Monroe and West Monroe and a little stint in Ruston for college. And now I'm back, still doing here. ministry here. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we have been blessed to be able to do ministry side by side. Yeah. I, I've focused on uh, women's ministry, mm -hmm. but I've been able to see you and just how the Lord has grown you in this. But you actually started at Seeker Springs Camp. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that and just how the Lord called you into mm -hmm. a place of ministry. So I was not a Christian until I was 18 years old. And it was really a profound time for the Lord to rescue me, to bring me out of darkness and into light. Um, mm -hmm. It was the summer after my senior year, getting ready to go into college. And you know, that can be a huge tra transitory phase of like going off the deep end or making a stance for your life and, and, and doing something that's important and profound. Um, but I got convinced, uh, really talked into going to my first summer camp, which just so happened to be Seeker Springs. Mm -hmm. And actually this week, they are doing a camp called Slam Camp which is the yeah. it's a student leadership and missions camp. And that was the first camp I ever went to. And that Monday night of SLAM camp, um, without going into a whole lot of detail, I really heard the gospel for the first time, mm. I think, um, at the age of 18. I knew of Jesus, I knew of the story of Christ, um, but I had never heard somebody's testimony with that much fervor and passion for the Holy Spirit, for Jesus, for God the Father. And uh, he did something I've never seen before, especially in a Baptist church, was uh, we're not going to raise our right pinky and um, at the back, after the service go to the back and find somebody and you can talk to them about salvation. He says, when I say amen after this prayer, if you want to give your life to Christ, stand up out of your seat. Yeah, And, and that's bold to, uh, oh, for kids. And I was 
the most shy kid you would ever meet in your entire really? life. <laughs> that surprises and, me a little oh bit. Oh <laughs> my goodness, I'm telling you, it was crazy. And my heart was racing, but he said amen. And the Holy Spirit stood me up out of my chair and he looked me in the eyes and said, do you want to give your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? And I just said, yes. And man, I've had some ups and downs since then, but I did not turn away from it. And the very next summer, um, I got a call or I reached out to Seeker Springs and I went on staff with them like one wow. year later to work that very same camp that I got saved at as a counselor um, was a unique moment in my life. And that's where my ministry began. That was summer of 2010. Uh, so yeah. 12 years ago, I started working at Seeker Springs. And and if, and then I'll just plug him too, Terry Slauson. Yes. I'm sure you know Terry Slauson. We're big fans. Oh my gosh, one of Terry. the most Christ-like men yes. I have ever met. And I was thankful to be able to work for him for mm -hmm. five, six, seven years. Um, yes. But yeah, I got saved at Seeker Springs, started working there, worked there for five or six years, moved straight into church ministry at North Monroe. Wow. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of my call to ministry right there. So one of the things that you said was somebody gave their testimony. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is so important to Absolutely. highlight because that's what this is all about. And mm -hmm. that's what this show yeah. is about too, is giving people a chance to share their story because mm -hmm. my story is different than your story. Absolutely. It's different from somebody else's story. But if we are willing to testify to God's mm -hmm. faithfulness in our life, then it could be just what that person needs to hear to be able to pop up out of their seat and say, I want to give my yeah. life to Christ. And I am a product of that very wow. statement. Yeah, I love that Absolutely. so much. I do. Okay, so has there ever been a season in your life where you felt like it was dark and you were trying to find the light? Mm -hmm. And it could have been before you were saved or, or even after you were saved, you know, it could have been external circumstances right. that came in and you said, I need the light to show up mm -hmm. for me and I need it now. And so, of course, I referenced being such a shy kid. And, mm -hmm. and usually whenever I say that, people are surprised. And, and I'm not the most outgoing or the most boisterous, but um, I have now do public speaking. Not public speaking. I yeah. preach sermons every single week in front of teenagers, yes. which is terrifying, truly. Um, hey, I will tell you, the, the most terrified I have been yeah. mm -hmm. was speaking at OCS on their spiritual emphasis day. Yep. It was like all these kids yep. looking at me and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm gonna stick to women's ministry. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it is not easy. And, <laughs> and, and whenever I think of darkness, of course, I think of my life before Christ. Of course, there's been darkness that has come since then, but the theme of my life now is no longer darkness. It is light yeah. and nothing can overcome that. Um, my personal sin cannot overcome Good. the light that Christ has imposed on me through the Holy Spirit. But to talk about that darkness just a little bit more, um, it's really more of my testimony. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how to explain how timid I was. Um, the theme of my life prior to salvation, further delving into darkness would be um, insecurity, mm -hmm. uh, self-hatred, um, self-deprecation. Uh, it was all internalized struggles, which is a form of selfishness. Um, I put all the weight on myself and expected something that I could never accomplish on my own. And I, I'll, I'll never forget, I had to give a little speech for driver's ed. It was the weirdest speech ever because you had to like write about a tragedy that happened in someone close to you's life in, a, in an accident in a car Yeah. because it was for driver's ed. And I'm like, right. well, we're trying to like scare us all yeah. into not getting our license. Right. But I literally wrote it on a piece of paper and had to just walk up in front of 50 people that I had known for 10 years 
and read off of that piece of paper. And when I got up there and sat it down, my palms were so sweaty. I started to cry. I call it sweating from my eyes, but I started to cry. Um, I, my face got super red. I could feel it. And I never looked up. I just stared at my paper. And I, I, the whole time, I was so mad at myself. I was like, why am I so insecure? Why am I? I'm just talking to myself about all these things. And I went and sat down, and people were asking me, like, are you crying? And I, and I didn't even know how to answer it. I just kind of avoided it. But I was in that situation at the age of 16, not because of anything that had been done to me. I had a good life. Um, yeah. My parents love me. Uh, they're not faith-based necessarily. They love the Lord. They love what I do. My mom will not stop talking about me being a pastor and ministering and all these things. Um, but I wasn't raised with a faith knowledge. My grandparents took me to church sometimes. My aunt took me to church sometimes, but I just didn't care about it. And so it was really through apathy, not having an outlet of knowing what love truly was, wow. that I just dug myself into this hole over several years. And, and I could go into a lot of detail about what I thought my parents weren't doing right, what looking back now, they really did love me passionately. Um, what I thought I should have been doing, but in reality that would have been wrong too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, didn't, I didn't drink in high school because I was a, afraid of getting in trouble. Um, I didn't smoke in high school because I was afraid of getting caught. And it was just, my whole life was fear. I could ramble on and on about it, and there's no way to really get to the depth of why I felt the way I felt apart from the sin that was within me holding me back. Okay. But I had a voice that needed to come out. And the only way for that to come out was for that darkness to come into the light. Yeah. Because light defeats darkness. Sure. There's no way around it. It's just, right. it's, it's, it's a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, it dispels it. I mean, the it, it minute does, the light enters into the room, it dispels the darkness. And the immediate, my biggest fear, public speaking, mm-hmm. and I think Pastor Bill said this one time, uh, there was a survey done that the number one biggest fear of people is public speaking, uh, yeah, yeah. and the number two fear was death, which is hilarious because <laughs> so people would rather die, die than get on stage and talk in front of people. That was me. That That's was funny. my testimony. Yeah. Um, and the Lord works in mysterious ways, and now literally every single Wednesday night, I stand up on stage in front of a ton of high school students and talk. So whenever you gave that speech at Driver's Ed, mm-hmm. it, was that the turning point for you and you could feel the light come in and then how did you Mm-mm. how did how did you move past that no it, it only got worse from there that okay. was 16 i still had a <laughs> yeah. year and a half two years of high school left and I, I i tried to just mold myself into someone i wasn't but not in the ways that teenagers typically do um, i just became very passive and let if people wanted to come to my house i let them come to my house if they wanted me to come hang out if they wanted me to be a dd if they wanted me to come pick them up mm-hmm. at two in the morning if they wanted me to do this if they wanted me to do that. I just did it. And yeah. that was my way of feeling I belonged, was to um, submit myself to my friends and do what they asked me to do, because then that meant they loved me. Okay, yeah. But it wasn't a, it was a false sense of submission. Submission's a good thing if you're submitting to the right thing, but Correct. I was submitting to teenagers who were just yeah. utilizing you. me <laughs> yeah. as a way to get out of trouble from mm-hmm. dri- drinking and driving. I'm very thankful to have been able to play that role Sure. for friends so they weren't doing dumb things but really the turning point was Seeker Springs like I started getting back into church my senior year but only because my best friends were making me go there and their mom was the student pastor so we were going to their church and 
And through that, they literally forced me to go to camp. Like she just looked at me one day and was like, Stephen, you're going to camp. Yeah. I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Again, yeah. somebody tells right. me I'm doing something, I'm going to do it. Sure. And that was, the, that was the moment of submission that changed my life, wow. was listening to that woman who said, you're going to camp. Uh-huh. And I was like, yes, ma'am. And yes. it was literally the next night after the first day at camp that I gave my life to Christ. Like wow. he was working through them, mm-hmm. but it was, I finally submitted to someone who loved Jesus and Jesus utilized that person in that scenario to reach me. And the Lord orchestrated every single bit of oh, it. Oh my goodness. I love Absolutely. It. I love it. And again, to go from biggest fear of public speaking to now that's what I do yes. all the time talking yeah. in front of teenagers. I had a voice and yeah. I just didn't know it. My sin was squelching that gift. Goodness. Yeah. And then once the light came in, then you were able to use that voice. That's great. And now I see the timidity that's in a lot of teenagers. Yes. Um, and I can see it more clearly because that's my story. And you can speak to that. Absolutely. That's great. Absolutely. Okay, well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to pick up where we left off. Awesome. We would like to thank today's sponsor of the Reflecting Light Show, Central Oil and Supply. Central Oil and Supply offers the sale of wholesale petroleum, and they believe that it is not just their job, but also their heritage to deliver quality products and services. You can visit their website at central-oil.com. Welcome back to the Reflecting Light Show. I am here with Stephen Kersey, and we are talking about how the Lord allowed you to find your voice. And I'm so glad that he did, because now you are able to help other kids find their voices and I even have a a story about that and that Terry told me one time we were I was walking around Secret Springs and I was praying um, over the land because we were about to have a a retreat over there and he said that there were some women that were walking around that land and it was the very weekend that you gave your life to Christ and so it's so neat how the Lord puts people in our lives like we didn't we, we don't even know them or yeah. you you might not have even known who they were but the lord orchestrated mm-hmm. every single thing for you to get to that camp mm-hmm. and then get up out of that seat and now you are making big big waves in the kingdom <laughs> work for what we're doing um so let's talk a little bit about that let's talk about the challenges that kids today mm-hmm. face and, and maybe the same struggles that, that you had, maybe it's being timid, but maybe it's just all the outside voices that mm-hmm. are coming at them constantly. And how can they hear the voice of truth over the voices of the world today? Yeah, that, that is such a good question. And so I spend a lot of time thinking about that, how to mm-hmm. communicate with teenagers, what they're going through, what they're dealing with. And, and I get a lot of my insight from teenagers. Sure. They know better than we do. Right. In some areas. Don't get me wrong on that. We also know better than they do. They just don't know that. And so you have to you, <laughs> so have, you have to, to love them, them into it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, but I, I was looking this up the other day and and this is a thing that we have all discussed and exhausted it feels like, but it, it's a factual thing and it has changed our culture. Um, over 75% of communication in English speaking countries is done digitally. And honestly, I think that's higher if you dip lower in the age bracket. If you're at 15, 16, 17, 18, it's probably 80 to 90% is done digitally. And maybe if you're a little bit older in your 40s, 50s, 60s, it's done more interpersonal. But that has to have, and and we know it has. I mean, suicide rates are up, depression rates are up, anxiety rates are up, 
Um, somebody told me this one day when we were when we were teenagers, even myself. Um, I, when I got off the school bus, all of the drama from school was left at school. Sure. I yeah. went home, I talked to my mom and dad, my friends came down, Watch we went and played the in the woods. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> say by the bell, love, say yeah. by the bell. Um, and, and I didn't have to deal with that drama until I got to school at 8 a.m. the next day. Right. Kids these days can't escape it. Yeah. When they get off the school bus, they're checking their phone to see what the drama is or yeah. to try to find out what it is to see if they're a part of it. The, t the anxiety has gone, I don't know if timidity has gone up, it does feel like this generation is a little more bold, but the anxiety has definitely gone up. They're so worried, they don't know where truth is coming from because there's this moniker of uh, my truth or personal truth, but mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a fallacy. Truth is truth. Yeah. And, and your truth, if it's not the truth, isn't truth. Um, and that's hard to even explain and you're using a word too much, but teenagers today are more anxious than they've ever been. And this generation, Generation Z, the number one quality they're looking for in people and adults is authenticity. They don't get that in their friends. Mm -hmm. Every one of their friends is trying to put on some kind of facade, including themselves, to be something they're not, which is something I did and I experienced when I was a kid. Um, but when they see authenticity in an adult, that's where that I know more than you know isn't a pride thing anymore. It's a I want to impart wisdom on your life that got me to where I am today. That's good. Because I'm only a little bit older than 17 year olds. I'm 31 years old. Yeah. I'm not that far removed from high school. I'm not that far removed from college. Mm -hmm. I don't know everything, but I do know a little bit more than you. And all I want is for you to have the tools and the coping mechanisms to process that breakup. Mm -hmm. Probably 90% of my counseling that I do as a student pastor is breakups. Sure. And at that point in their life, that is the biggest thing that's ever happened to them. Right. So of course it impacts them drastically. And we have to understand that as adults. Oh, it's just a dumb breakup. It's more than that to them. Yeah. Uh, they're dealing with emotions they haven't felt entangled before. Um, that's good for me to hear. Even yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, as a, as a mom who's, who is farther removed from that, you know, you see things, I see things that, a 10,000 foot level mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, it's going to be fine. That's not really that big of a deal, but Which it is. Which is the truth. It, is. it yeah. is not that big of a deal. Right. But to them. But to them, it's yeah. a really big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to have that compassion and love for that, for mm -hmm. them in that moment, I'm sure speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. And if we don't take time to truly understand the teenagers, they will never listen to what we have to say. Right. And that's so important. I can't remember the quote, but it's um, something along the lines of, I used this as a student pastor, someone who teaches from the stage. Um, what I do off the stage directly affects my impact on the stage. Good. So if I'm in their lives during the week, during the weekends, accountability groups, whatever it is, they're really comfortable listening to me on the okay. stage, whether I'm a good speaker or not, mm -hmm. um, because they know before I ever start talking that I care about them. Sure. I'm not just some guy talking at them. Right. Um, and that is so important. Well, and that's being a shepherd. Absolutely. You know? And so then they get to know your voice. Mm -hmm. And the more time that you spend with the Lord, then they can trust the voice of the Lord. Too. Absolutely. Um, it's, a, it's a heavy weight, though, mm -hmm. that you have on your shoulders. So that's something, you know, that we need to be praying about and always yes. be lifting up yes. our student pastors because, you know, you do. You're on mm -hmm. the front line mm -hmm. with them. So what about um, just helping them understand how how do we 
learn to hear the voice of the Lord? Like what are yeah, some, yeah. what are just some applications that you teach to these kids of like, how do we put down the phones mm -hmm. and put down the drama and actually focus on the things that matter? And it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Like I, I have embraced the phone. I, I'm sure. on mine all the time. I have to be, I have to be on social media because that's mm -hmm. where my students are. Um, but I'm, I'm in an accountability group. There are uh, five other teenage guys in that group and then me. And it's done through text messaging. Mm -hmm. And just the other night, um, a guy, one of the guys texted at 11.30 p.m., the, just a little hands-together praying yeah. emoji that we see as the praying emoji. Uh -huh. And uh, he said, hey, guys, if you are you know, struggling with remembering to pray or you're struggling with remembering to read your scripture, the Bible app can send you notifications. And I've got mine set to send me one at 11.30 p.m. because that's usually when I'm getting ready to go to bed during the summer. Yeah. And every single night when that goes off, he texts in the group. Super smart. And this is a teenager. Yeah. This is not an adult who's been doing this for, for 40 years. And this is a teenager that has utilized a notification system on wow. a piece of technology that he's got in his pocket and is going to be around for the rest of our lives sure. to remind him before he goes to bed at night to spend time in prayer. And another thing that they said at um, Big Stuff, it was a, a quote that reminded me of my younger years is that uh, self-denial is not the way to relationship with Christ. Now, self-discipline is important. Yes. But if your whole life is just trying to deny yourself of these sinful things, you miss out on relationship with Jesus Christ. That's good. And it's so important to just know Christ. And yeah. I know Kelsey so well because she's my wife and we spent time together. If yeah. we never spent time together, we would be two strangers living in the same house. Sure. We would not yeah. be one. Right. In order for us to be in union as one, I had to know her. I had to ask her questions. I had to, we had to have discussions and arguments. We had to get angry at each other. We yeah. had to be happy with each other. We had to have experience joy and fear and, and all these things together. You experience those with Christ too. If you're mad, tell him. Yes. You're not going to offend the Lord by yeah. saying, hey, God, I'm angry with you because yeah. this happened. Mm -hmm. He already knows. He wants you to submit that to him. Um, but there's no profound quote or message or thing, but you have to read your Bible. Mm -hmm. You have to pray and you have to have community. Yes. You're not a creature of solitude. You can't understand Christ without reading his words. And if we don't have any type of communication, how can we ever know anybody? That's and good. our path of communication is prayer. Yeah. And that's what, like, I, I, I've said that so many times. Now, it doesn't always stick, <laughs> right. but when it does, you see a profound change in the teenager's life and the adult's life or whatever it is because they understand relationship, not just duty. And again, exactly. self-discipline is super important. I will never detract from that. Mm -hmm. But self-denial is not relationship. That's good. Yeah. That's really good because that's part of what I preach day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And I, I'd say every single time I'm ever given the opportunity to hold a microphone, I'm going to tell you, you need to be reading the Word of God for yourself. Amen. I mean, as wonderful as our pastors are, as wonderful as devotionals mm -hmm. are, I write devotionals. They do not substitute right. for you opening up and reading the Word of God. And I, and I really love that you have implemented a way for these kids to get into the Word. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and this one that you're talking about, mm -hmm. he, he did that on his own. You know, yeah, just absolutely. Like by utilizing an app and allowing himself to let that be the last thing that mm -hmm. he sees before he goes to bed. Yeah. Well, how peaceful is that? That's mm -hmm. wonderful, you know? And, and <laughs> get this timing, because again, the Lord is crazy with his timing. 
that was the day that I had slipped a disc in my back and I was extremely frustrated yeah. and I just wasn't thinking. I was, I was mad, I was angry, I was upset and that night at 11.30 p.m. I had not prayed that day. I had not read any scripture that day. And one of my teenagers it reminded you accountability. <laughs> accountability. I need them. That's great. And they need me. That's really um, good. And that was, it was a wake up call in a good way. And I spent time in prayer. That's good. For the first time that day because yeah. one of my teenagers reminded me, the student pastor who's supposed to have it all together, mm-hmm. to pray. That's that's a great reminder. And you know, one of the things that I'm sitting here being encouraged because I do have teenagers mm-hmm. in my house is that there there is so much beauty that we can glean from them. Amen. And and you talking about timidity, it reminds me of the scripture that God has not given us a spirit mm-hmm. of timidity or fear, mm-hmm. but of power and of love and of sound mind. And I'm not going to be afraid for my children yeah. in their future. Yeah. I'm going to pray over them. I'm going to pray that the Lord keeps bringing people mm-hmm. like you into their lives to speak truth that knows the voice of truth because you know the voice of truth mm-hmm. and then you're passing that along down the line. And then hopefully whenever they are in your shoes, then then they can be that person yeah, yeah, who absolutely. knows the voice and then just can keep passing it down from generation to generation. So I'm encouraged after this conversation. Well, good, good. So I, thank you, Stephen. You're very welcome. Enlightening me. Okay, I cannot believe our time is almost up, yeah. but here we are <laughs> at the end of the segment. And before we go, I need to ask you one more question. Mm. What is one thing that is lightening your load? And that is, student ministry is a a heavy job. Um, And I think I've already knocked on that door of what's lightening my load. Um, One, now I have a spouse, Mm -hmm. which is very new still, eight months in. And that's a partner that I always have, um, that I can tell anything to. It's truly transparent. And that is, that is huge in my life. But there's a shift happening right now with teenagers. Um, big stuff is the camp we go to. And I saw more students with physical paper and physical pens taking notes during a sermon. And I have not seen that in years. That's great. Truly. Yeah. Um, there were conversations about deep spiritual things, not just shallow things, about prayer. There, from the outside looking in, there's a shift happening right now. And I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to put it into words. But there's a passion in my heart that I feel right now of excitement okay. because I really think the Lord is about to just blow up in this 15 to 18-year-old student range. And it's going to so drastically impact the younger ones yeah, and so drastically impact those that are slightly older than them. Do it, Lord. There's a movement happening. Yeah. So pray. Yes. Because we're at the forefront of it right now, I think. Good. Good. I love that. That's yeah. a great yeah. answer. I'm, I'm and, excited. And I will pray because um, that impacts me directly. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. with the, the age group that I have mm-hmm. with a 15 and a almost 13 year old. Um, you know, so having that impact the younger sister, mm-hmm. but also it impacts the, that older generation yeah. as well. Absolutely. So. I'm, I'm staying in an agreement with you on that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate you and your time and your expertise and just talking to us candidly about what we can pray about because mm-hmm. I think that it's going to make a difference. And I hope that uh, the challenge to the audience is, is that they would stand in agreement and prayer on this as well. Mm. So. Amen. Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you for having me. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Reflecting Light Show. We pray you got some hope and some light out of today's episode. And if you did, please subscribe to the show and also share with a friend who may need the light of Jesus Christ in here.